Perhaps it's because it doesn't involve Taylor Swift. Heck, for that matter, it doesn't even involve our guy, Coach Prime, to start things off in the fast lane. Do you believe that? Huh? Do you believe now that what we're saying is going to make some level of sense? Well, the reality is we had to get the algorithms taken care of for us to trend on social media, Fastly and Edlame, where you listen to podcasts and Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, as well as Trail VT, his socials. But what we meant when we asked that ever important question from Coach Prime. Do you believe that? Huh? Is this. Did you consider the story that's coming this weekend in Charlottesville? It's two African-American football coaches playing. Now, if you saw the InsaneRadioDeals.com fast take we did earlier today, this afternoon, at Fast Lane, Ed Lane, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you would already be aware of this. But if anything, it's probably the coolest part about the matchup this weekend. There's not a lot else that's cool about it unless you're a William & Mary fan and you sense a level of optimism since Virginia, they happen to be 0-5 and terrible this year. But the fact that there are two African-American coaches coaching against each other, the reality that it hasn't gotten much attention. Some of it's the fact that this, again, is not exactly a high-profile matchup. But the other part to this also is it does say something about where we are in sports that that's not a real storyline. And again, I've said it before, the NFL needs to maybe do a better job of thinking, no, let's take the maybe out. They need to do a better job of thinking about what's important in hiring a coach. And plenty of other college programs could do the same. A true leader and a CEO type, as opposed to just the latest creative supposed offensive mind. We'll use Carolina as an example. Maybe it's Eric Bieniemy. Maybe they should have just kept Steve Wilkes all along. But either way, I just rattled off two good African-American candidates that appear to be a lot better than Frank Reich has been, uh, especially when you look back at his other head coaching spots, which don't appear to have brought all that much success. But Tony Elliott brought this point up about being the first African-American coach or being part of a game featuring two African-American coaches and asked, what it says about the state of college football right now and whether he feels any responsibility to serve as a guiding light or to mentor anybody in that position. You know, I remember when I, when I, when I first joined the profession back in 2000, and I guess it would have been 2006, um, you know, times were different. You know, there was, a, there was that, that, that mutual respect, that responsibility for older coaches to help younger coaches. And then over time, you know, things have changed. I think there's a lot of, 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 of older coaches that still, you know, want that mindset. But I don't know if as many of the younger coaches, you know, really are, are as receptive. Tony Elliott speaking about the idea of being an African-American coach or a minority coach and how important that is. Um, first of all, that's extremely well thought out. Again, we can laugh all we want about how well thought out the schemes are or the coaching staff hires since the offense has had its issues. Defense has looked like they've taken a step back this year and special teams has continued to be an epic disaster uh, in each season for Tony Elliott and Charlottesville. And heck, when you're 0-5 to start this year coming off of a two-win and eight-loss campaign last year, it's pretty obvious that Uh, People can question everything about it. But from just a bigger philosophical standpoint, what Tony Elliott's talking about, he actually makes a lot of sense. Here's the other thing. Isn't it a good thing? If when Tony Elliott got into the college football coaching profession back in the mid-2000s, this was a bigger topic 
than it is now. Two African-American coaches squaring off when Mike London of William & Mary, who's going to join us, by the way, today around 540 today in the fast lane. But when London's tribe battled Tony Elliott's Virginia Cavaliers, that it was a big story then, it's not, and a lot of people don't believe that it is. I think, honestly, yes. The further we can get away from that, the further we can judge coaches based upon how we should be judging everybody else in every other profession, which is how you actually perform at your particular job, which is why Tony Elliott, again, he has more credibility speaking on this than I do because he's an African-American and because he actually is a coach, Um, but how young minorities don't necessarily view it as their responsibility to be a torchbearer. Progression in the in the industry has changed, right? And, you know, guys are, are getting opportunities, you know, a lot quicker and earlier than, than per se, you know, 15 years ago. And so it's kind of changed the dynamic. It's changed the dynamic. Guys are getting opportunities quicker than they were. Again, it may have changed the dynamic of the need to be a mentor as an African-American for other African-Americans and younger coaches not viewing it that way or feeling that way. But it's also a sign of progress. Can we be better? Sure. But it is a good thing that there are just more coaches that are out there that are getting those opportunities and can stick around and last longer. And and again, you can pinpoint and say, well, they're not like Nick Saban or Kirby Smart. Who is? There's not very many that are out there. In the NFL, they could do a better job of hiring and not just going for the shiny new offensive object. But, I mean, heck, if Washington plays as well as they did against Philadelphia this past weekend and continues that trend going forward... Eric Bieniemy will get that head coaching job people thought he was deserving of uh, sooner rather than later. So um, I think at that point, you start to answer more questions. And it's a good thing that you can focus on matchups. And the other part is, I mean, let's be honest, Trey, who really wants to focus on the matchup if you're a Virginia Cavaliers fan anyway? Because they're 0-5 and they're battling a William & Mary team that is, well, let's be honest, probably their only legitimate chance to get a win before the season wraps up. It is their best, and I would say their only legitimate chance considering... They still have to play Duke without Riley Leonard, sure, but Duke has shown they can get more out of less with Elko than Virginia has. Miami looks professional and competent. Um, are they national title contenders? Let's not go there. But they at least look professional and competent in year two of Mario Cristobal. Carolina's got Drake May and Virginia Tech. They have had Virginia's number and uh, have earned the better part of the two-decade benefit of the doubt that they've accrued. So it, that's the truth about this situation with Tony Elliott is it is a great storyline. It's awesome that you got two African-American coaches, but even more so, it's awesome that uh, the fact that we've gone on for this for you know a little less than 10 minutes to start the fast lane has been one of the few times you've heard about this. And you may see someone like Richmond.com's Mike Barber or David Teal or someone else write about this in the lead up to Saturday's game. But the fact that it's not gaining as much attention is a good thing and it shows progress is being made. And ultimately, this is where we should aspire to be when we're looking at things. Just like you should aspire to be saving as much money as you can and you can do that at InsaneRadioDeals.com. That includes Liberty University tickets. Because four games, tickets, 40% off at InsaneRadioDeals.com. Two packs, maybe you want to create a four pack, a six pack, or an eight pack to go with some family members or friends. Guess who has the hookup for you? InsaneRadioDeals.com on those Liberty University football tickets. Plus, when you buy an entry into the Star City App Marathon and 10K or buy an individual couple or family membership to Crosswide Athletic Club, you will get a $50 gift card to Fleet Feet of Roanoke. And yes, you can double dip. You can buy the gym membership at Crosswide and you can buy the entry into the Star City Half Marathon and you will get two 
of those particular gift cards. Just make two separate orders if you're unsure about that process. That is what you can do at Insane Radio Deals. Now we pivot away to other topics here in the Fast Five at Five-ish, including the outlook, most notably scheduling outlook for NASCAR. It's time for the Fast Five at Five-ish. Five fast-paced, quick-witted things you need to know right now. Number five. The 2024 NASCAR schedules were released today. Cup Series highlights include Darlington, Regular season finale, not Daytona. Playoffs, they will open at Atlanta, which is a tapered spacer track, followed by a road race at Watkins Glen and an intermediate uh, race after that. Meanwhile, Kansas opens the second round of the playoffs, plus first five races, Daytona 500, Atlanta, Vegas, Phoenix, and Bristol. Texas, April 14th, my spot. Richmond, Easter weekend, plus the March and August races will both be held at night. Iowa will join the foray, plus a vacation break coming up at the end of June and early August. So two off weeks in a row because NBC, the partner for NASCAR's second half of the season, has Olympic coverage. Trey, what in addition to that, is a standout to you before I opine merely on the fact that I wish Texas was the second race of the year after Daytona so we could go ahead and get that trash out of the way. Um, They had no choice in making Darlington the cutoff race because of the Olympic break. Um, But uh, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, I I mean, I'm interested in Iowa. Uh, I gave more details to that on the latest episode of the Happy Hour podcast, which is out right now. Um, but you know, I I, I think uh, to it, Atlanta, Watkins Glen, there's some more variety in the playoffs, which I think is a good thing, and I think it makes those first two rounds more chaotic because you have two super speedway and two road courses, so that that's something that that could be interesting. You know, here's where I get to complain once again about my favorite track. But how is Texas gifted the better date in mid-April? And I understand Richmond's had its struggles. But they get the Easter weekend date in late March, and Richmond has been produced, has produced subpar by its standards racing. But I mean, it's not as bad as Texas because everything is better than Texas. Oh, way better than Texas. Yeah, way better than Texas. But the other one is Martinsville. Comes that first weekend in April. Um, I mean, I, look, I, I would much rather Texas happen to be that first weekend in April, and Martinsville gets the better weather date. But heck. If Martinsville is unsure about the weather, much like Richmond, NASCAR could wisen up and use the Virginia Talk Radio Network to help promote those races rather than ghosting us and plenty of other wishing to assist in those campaign media outlets. Number four. Speaking of things that make you scratch your head, the NCAA shortening the transfer window, including college football and college basketball. Those are part of some of the rule changes that have crept up with the NCAA that were announced today. Transfer window begins the Monday after Selection Sunday. 45 days instead of 60 days. And the college football transfer window begins the Monday after Conference Championship Weekend. So in the early portion of December. Trey, is it just me or is this not quite getting it correct? I mean, for March Madness... 
can we just wait three weeks till the NCAA tournament wraps up so teams that are in the final four don't have to be perusing the transfer portal roster until at least their season is wrapped up? Why not make it the Wednesday after the NCAA tournament or the Thursday after the NCAA tournament? Again, novel concept coming from the fast lane, not a bunch of people that are paid to protect the status quo at the NCAA. And if you want to instill some level of value in bowl games, which the NCAA wants because bowl game bans are part of the punishment that they will hand out in certain spots, um, why not have the transfer portal window for college football open up at the end of the college football playoff. Okay, yes, it's a shorter timeline, but you could have that. You could also have the NFL early entry draft deadline, and all that could lead into a February signing day. Sure, coaches will complain about off-season programs. Sure, it may shorten the window to get ramped up for spring ball if you have early enrollees for college football programs, but there are ways to continue doing this better and leave it to the NCAA to kind of improve but not improve as much as they could by uh, not only shortening the window but offering more clarity for football and basketball transfers number four another grand requirement not number four but number three that's come out from the ncaa wagering penalties they will be less severe including rescinding penalties for the first bet made by any student athlete in any sport not their own and not considering how much was wagered on that sport that would not be your own. So if you're a college football player, you still cannot bet college football. I'm fine with that. College basketball player, you can't bet college basketball, etc. But whether somebody's got a heavy NIL deal and they make a million a year and they want to blow $1,000 on a bet, which may not be the smartest tool, but to each is her own, or maybe they want to blow $30 on a bet. Guess what? Allow them that particular choice so long as it does not happen to be their sport. This is old father knows best. The NCAA tournament coming out with this one. Number two. Uh, One of my favorites that's come for the NCAA. This is another one of those grand head scratchers that will lead us to number one. Changes to Division I membership as programs now going from one AA FCS to 1A FBS football must now pay $5 million to make the move up as opposed to $5,000. It's just comical the amount of financial jump that's being asked. That's the real humorous part to this. From $5 million, from $5,000 to $5 million. We're literally tacking on three extra zeros to this from four digits to seven digits. I mean, it's such an eye-opening, whoa, move for the NCAA that you would have to believe it's rather comical. But here's the best part. And number one on the Fast Five at Five-ish. It doesn't appear yet, unless it's happened in the last hour and change that I've gotten clarity on this and I was missing it, Trey. You can fill me in. It doesn't appear yet that the NCAA has rescinded on their antiquated rule of teams making the jump from FCS to FBS who now have to raise more money to show they're financially ready to make that jump. Oh, by the way, they still cannot be eligible for postseason play, which has led us to Jason Miaris, Virginia's attorney general, who happens to be a JMU graduate, writing NCAA president Charlie Baker and the Division I Board of Directors, total grandstanding here, urging the NCAA to make the Dukes bowl eligible this coming season. Um, Absurd as it is to have a politician involved in that, he kind of does have a point. 
it's more the absurdity that the NCAA is going to make these grand changes, but in no way, shape, or form can we actually do anything about it this year because that would mean we have to admit that we were wrong and like any good organization or a parent from way back in the day we never admit when we're wrong never mind that people can just see right through and it diminishes your credibility whoops would that ever happen in the real world and there is your fast five at five ish when we return in the fast lane speaking of the ncaa and more credibility winning provides credibility and that's what the liberty flames have been doing a lot of off to a 4-0 start We aim to connect with Robert Turpin, former Seattle Seahawks running back, now a college football analyst for CBS Sports Network. He will be on the call as Liberty welcomes in Sam Houston State tomorrow night. So we look ahead to the matchup next here in the Fast Lane on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app.